so happy almost Halloween, everyone. I feel like I've celebrated Halloween at least nine times this year. Does Pottstown normally have this many Halloween events? Yeah? It's not even Halloween yet, and my boys' costumes are already have holes in them. They've worn them so many times. It does. You already ate the candy that you bought for children? <laughs> wow. We have plans to come to your house, by the way. Okay, good, 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 because my children will be very disappointed. Excellent. This is my favorite time of the year. I don't know about you. Um, not just because of ha spooky Halloween time, but also just the weather is crisp. It's cool. I get to wear layers. The leaves are gorgeous. Pumpkin spice is everywhere. And everything just feels so lighthearted and festive. I think this is the time of year that we get it right more than any other time. Like. Otherwise, serious grown adults decide to just be completely silly, throw all social mores to the winds. We all become a little bit more socially deviant. We let our freak flags fly and nobody judges you for it. This is the only time of the year where a grown person can dress up like, like a Jedi and nobody calls them a nerd about it. It's the best. Um, this is the time of year where we get to do stuff like this to our houses and nobody says anything to it. This is, this is like a block from my house, by the way. I didn't Google this. <laughs> okay, for those of you in the back who can't see, there are skeletons that are attached to their house. They have drilled holes in the side of their home in order to support these skeletons, which are looking into their bedroom window. There's a like... 20-foot skeleton with glowing eyes hold, uh, in leading the charge of these flamingos with skeletons on them. There's a cemetery over here. There's several dogs, right? And our house is over there somewhere, a couple a block away. Right? And they love this so much that when they, um, uh, when it comes time for like Christmas decorations, they'll leave the giant skeleton up and just put a Santa hat on it. <laughs> I love it, right? And nobody has called the cops. This is why Halloween is the best time of year. <laughs> How many of you can remember trick-or-treating as a kid? Right? The last time I went trick-or-treating, I was like 13 years old, and I decided I was too old and too cool, and so I, uh, but then at the last minute, I was like, I'm not too old, I'm not too cool, and I cut the hole in the, out of the bottom of a jack-o'-lantern and just put it on my head, and it was disgusting and heavy and slimy, but it was still so much fun, because Halloween is the best. You get to go around to strangers, you get to meet people and accept candy from them, you get to eat all that candy all at once until you get sick and vomit, it's the best. But what if I were to tell you that there's actually more to Halloween, more than costumes and candy and harvest festivals? What if I told you that Halloween was originally a Christian holiday? I got in trouble on Facebook for this the, the other day, by the way. <laughs> I did. So if anyone from one of the Pottstown Facebook groups is watching, 
This is what I'm talking about, okay? Not only was it a Christian holiday, but it's a uniquely Christian holiday because most of our big holidays like Easter and Christmas were pagan holidays that we then slapped Jesus on the front of, right? And we're always accused of this. Halloween, despite what it looks like, is the exact opposite. It was ours first, and then the pagans took it. And I say, when I say pagans, by the way, historically, that just means literally everyone else that is not in the Abrahamic religions. <laughs> that is how they talked about literally everyone else. So it is a wide swath. Now, we may have adopted certain parts of it from other religious festivals, but Halloween is a Christian holiday, and I am here to reclaim it and make it our own. So, any guesses as to when Christians first celebrated Halloween? Any guesses? There's no wrong answers. There's actually a lot of wrong answers, but there's no judgment for any of them. First century, a little early, but I like, I like your spirit. When did Christians first celebrate Halloween? Fourth century? We're getting closer. Way before that. Yeah. Five hundreds. Very close. Four hundreds. The fifth century. Sixteen hundred years ago, early Christians started celebrating something called Martyr's Day. Okay, because back in those days, there was a lot of Roman persecution and there were a lot of martyrs to celebrate. Those were people who were killed for their faith. And so every year, the different Christian churches would hold a celebration and a special feast, remembering by name everyone in their community they had lost to Roman persecution. But then Roman became Christianized. And suddenly, there's not a whole lot of martyrs left. Now it's cool to be Christian. And now we're celebrating Martyrs Day, but we have no names to remember. So the church began just calling it a more generalized feast for all the saints. For all hallows feast. So around the, 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 the Christian church, they'd celebrate on different days, depending on where they were. It was all kind of scattered throughout the year until somewhere in the 700s, the date was set for November 1st. And every church in the world celebrated All Saints Day on November 1st. And a part of that celebration, like with Christmas, was that they would have a midnight vigil the night before. This is a big thing Christians love to do to stay up really late or get up really early to usher in uh, a big holiday like this. So this midnight vigil beforehand was a time to celebrate God's victory over death. It was a time to uh, be celebratory, to remember all of those who came before us and to rejoice that we no longer have to fear death. And if All Saints Day was like a holy service of remembrance, the night before kind of became a bit like a party. Kind of like what Mardi Gras is to Ash Wednesday. Okay? So medieval Christians came up with all kinds of fun ways to celebrate All Hallows' Eve or Halloween. They decorated their houses with fake skeletons, with scary monsters, uh, as a way of making a mockery of evil and death. Because we're all normally terrified of death in our everyday lives, right? But on that day, we made a special effort to caricaturize it. 
to remember that death and evil have no power over us, that we can make silly decorations on our houses because I don't actually have to be afraid of 20-foot skeletons with a legion of flamingo skeletons coming at me. It's funny. I can laugh at death because Christ has conquered it. On Halloween, we take our greatest fears and existential dread and we make them comically harmless. and We decorate our houses with them. And now to make a further mockery of evil and death, some places in Ireland combined the holiday practices of Samhain and would dress their children up as ghosts or demons. And the kids would wander the neighborhood, threatening local people with mischief unless they were paid off with cookies or juice or sometimes cash. <laughs> and despite what you maybe have heard, that uh, Halloween is just a Christianized version of Samhain, uh, the two of them grew together and they influenced each other and they are inextricably intertwined as the Irish Christians were uh, kind of infamous for being syncretistic in this way where Irish spirituality, Celtic spirituality is very earthy. It's very much driven by this esoteric spirituality and, um, if you're just reading the works of the church leaders and the popes and everything, you wouldn't get that. But that's not how religious traditions happen. They happen here on the ground with the people um, who are doing their best to figure out how to live in whatever century they're in. And so we kind of get this big informal community theater happening on the streets where we take our greatest fears and we imagine that they're just silly little children harmlessly wandering the streets. Our most pressing problems can be solved by baked goods and by bribing toddlers. Because at the heart of the Christian message is that truth, right? We read that today. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord and Jesus Christ. I think anyone who's been in church knows that in their heads. You intellectually know, hey, there's no more uh, sting in death. But then a loved one dies, and man, that stings. When actually the rubber hits the road, the things we believe with our heads don't always really, we don't always feel it in our bodies. And when it actually comes down to it, we tend to live as if Jesus was killed by the powers of evil and stayed dead. We live as if good and evil are evenly matched. We live as if there's this cosmic battle between God and Satan and they're equally matched and they're back and forth and back and forth. And who's going to win? Who knows? In most days, it feels like evil is going to win. So it's important to have memorable, repeatable rituals to remind us with our bodies that Jesus has conquered sin and death and evil has no power over us anymore. And that's why I'm on this crusade to, to reclaim Halloween and to use it for its original purpose again, because we need it today more than ever. I think all of us have gotten used to wearing masks on days that are not October 31st, because we have been living in a global pandemic 
for three and a half years that has taken over seven million lives and disrupted every single part of our global lives together. We live in the midst of a cataclysmic extinction event that is fueled by human greed and foolishness. Drugs and violence and ever-widening social divisions threaten our very lives. They fill our thoughts with every passing news cycle. Evil and death seem to be thriving in our world while goodness and life seem to be up against the ropes. But I wonder if we can believe God's promise to us today. Can we believe that death and evil are actually overcome? Maybe not that God is going to resurrect all 7 million people who died of COVID next week, or that God is going to turn all of the guns on the streets into super soakers necessarily, but can you believe that God truly has the final say? Can you believe that all things are actually working together for the good of those who are in line with Jesus's mission and way? Can you believe that even the worst tragedies can possibly be redeemed for the blessing of humanity. The medieval mystic Julian of Norwich, who I seem to have quoted every single day of my life, because until you all have read her book or listened to the audiobook, I'm going to keep doing this. As a reminder, she's the greatest dead Christian there is. She has this brilliant passage in which she is uh, dying in a bed probably of the bubonic plague. And she's given this vision of, of a very frustrated and impotent Satan where he's kind of like stomping his feet. He's really frustrated because he really wants to cause havoc and mayhem and pain, but then God is uh, thwarting him and not allowing him to do that. But then in another time, God allows him to do his evil thing, but then flips it around and uses it as a blessing. And he's mad and frustrated again. And he's just this petulant little child where every time he thinks he gets what he wants, God ruins it for him. And she's laughing. Yeah, she's in her bed with a fever, with the priest around her and all these solemn faces around her cracking up. And in her writings, she goes, I just wish everyone else could be in on this joke. Nobody else thinks this is as funny as I do because nobody else can see it like I do. And there is like this cosmic joke happening behind the scenes where the power of evil, which we think of as, as so pervasive and so powerful, is actually so frustrated and silly. And I, she and I differ on our thoughts about the person of Satan. Um, but I love that sentiment so much. And I keep that image in my head all the time. Because God can and will use the worst that the world can dish out for our blessing. And it might not seem that way we're in the, we're in the midst of it, but it is true. And when we are in the midst of that darkness and nothing seems to be going right, all we have to do is take a look down church history road and we can see all the different times that God has been faithful to God's people. All the ways that God has used, their, used suffering for good, reconciled enemies, toppled injustice, healed the broken, fighting against evil. Even in the saints dying, some of them made the world a better place. So this week, I wonder if you can try 
this somewhat strange spiritual practice with me. Whenever you pass an over-the-top yard full of monsters and bloody gore, exhibit A, I want you to laugh at how silly and truly powerless evil has become through Christ. I want you to consider the sheer power and majesty of God. And I want you to say a short prayer of thanksgiving that we have nothing to fear. Many in our world want to use Halloween to celebrate evil, but I think it's more helpful to let it serve its original purpose. To show evil for the child's game that it truly is. To know deep down in our hearts that we have nothing to fear. God is good and we are saved.